Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cat's catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another amazing guest who is also part of the Broadway podcast family, uh, network family with me. Uh, John Schwab is the host of an amazing theater podcast named Curtain Call. I've listened to a bunch of his episodes and love what he does. He's also a producer, actor, and director. He's been in a million things you've seen on stage, at the movie theater, on TV. Go look him up. You will be uh, very impressed with that list, but he's also a very big Cats fan, and we are doing this as two parts. So this is part two. Part one was on his show, where we talked a little bit about how this chaotic podcast uh, came to life, and now we're having John on to talk about his show and his fandom with Cats and get into all the craziness. So welcome, and thank you for joining me. Oh man, Mike, thank you so much. I, I'm such a fan of your podcast. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm an original listener. I've, I go back all the way f- from your, your single episodes, I, I should say, you know, uh, when it was just you, uh, just me. I, and I'm really happy to be here. Seriously happy. Thank you for, for having me. I love it. I was, uh, I think when the first time we met was during the pandemic, when we were doing these yeah. monthly meetings and it was just all the Broadway podcast networks, different hosts were coming on mm. and sharing like, who's doing what with virtual recording. And I kind of joined a couple, they were always during the work day. And Gosh. so half the time I'm like, can I be at two meetings at once or not? But I remember meeting you the first time and I know you're in London yeah. and I was like, we got people in London. Like it was just so bizarre for me to be even in that room. And then I remember you saying like, oh, I, I love your show. I'm like, people listen to this show. Like <laughs> I, I was still so new that I was like, man, that's awesome. So yeah. I've been waiting for this for a while now. So I'm glad we're making it happen. But oh, let's man, start, great. I want to start at the beginning sure. with you and Cats. Yeah. So I know you've seen it many times, but yeah. you're, you've, you work in theater, you've done theater, you have a theater podcast. Cats is yeah. kind of one of those iconic shows. When was your first viewing? So my first viewing um, would have been, um, we were taken as, there was a, a production. Now I haven't gone through and, and, found, and, and done the years, but we lived in, yeah. we grew, I grew up in Chicago. And we used to get loads of theater through Chicago. And mom yeah. and dad t- took us to the theater. I mean, I, the reason I'm an actor is because when I, I think I was maybe f- five or six years old and I saw a production of, uh, a kid's production of The Princess and the Pea. And 
um, I remember the, 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 the mattresses being stacked so high on the stage. And I was like, how does she feel that pee? She left yeah. him. It's the right. But I, I was instantly, you know, into it. But so it would have been a production in Chicago. And I was eight, nine years old, I think, nine okay. years old. Um, and, and I had no, Mike, I had no idea what was going on. I, yeah. I literally had no idea what was going on. I, I was fascinated by theater. So I was watching, I was watching the makeup. I wasn't watching relationships. I was watching the yeah. lights. I was watching a tire come down from this, from the yep. rafters. I was, you know, I was, I was in a junkyard, you know, um, that was what, and I was, that was part of my, what? This is insane. Uh, yeah. You were and, immersed. And then I was totally sure. immersed. And I think as a nine-year-old seeing that and somebody who was in theater, listen, I was, my parents are always supportive of the arts and. You know, my sister and and both of my sisters and I played in a in a, a youth orchestra in Chicago. Um, I was I did drama, you know, uh, on from second grade on. I was always looking to be in the school play, that kind of stuff. So I was I was already in. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, I don't. I think I was just looking around. It, you know, I was, yeah. I was looking around and the cats. I was like, oh, people, this is this is crazy. This is you know, uh, they're they're, they're there are cats in the audience and well, i didn't kind of experience the same thing until i saw the lion king well you know at the beginning yeah. of the, opening for the lion yeah. king but the same kind of feeling of oh yeah this is theater this is theater mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's kind of one of those shows that it works i was very hard on kids shouldn't see it at all now i'm yeah. a mid teenager so shouldn't see it at all kids are fine because it's going to go over their head I mean, 12 year olds. I mean, I can't imagine seeing this as a 12 or 13 year old boy. Yeah. I would be looking at all the wrong things. Yes. Like. yes. That is there. It's so sexual. And there are. Like, yeah. So, we're, so you saw it yeah. young, but you've seen a lot young. of productions I've over seen the years, a, it's, right? I've seen a few strange productions over the years because I'm a military brat. I've lived all over the world. So mm -hmm. um, when we traveled uh, in Japan, I saw a production in Japan. Um, I saw, I was in Seoul in 2000, uh, when did I, not, not 2000, in 1993 uh, or four, I saw a production in Seoul um, and when I followed my wife uh, to London and I saw, it was not the Gillian Lynn Theater at that point, it was the New London Theater, yeah. I saw that production. Um, so I have Wait, seen a few of you and so then I've also, yeah. Was that the production with the Street Tugger? Oh, with the rapping no, hip hop tugger. I, now, listen, this was in night. When did I see it? 1990. Uh, okay. So this is before, before. No, this is before. This is before. Okay. I, it, Cause that, that, that was 20. It was in the, it, yeah, sometime teens, 20 teens. Yeah. 10, 2000. Yes. No, no, yeah, it wasn't. So 12, I was in the, something like that at that point. No, that was the relaunched uh, theater. Yeah. So I, I saw it, it. It was like in 2000, maybe 2000. Okay. What, so 2002. So it was, um, cause I think that production closed in 2004. But I saw that at the New London Theater because I was in the West End at that time. And yeah. what I would do is when I had a, a matinee day off, I would go and watch a production because we knew all in those days, all the box office managers knew everybody else. So we went to see everything for free. So if you yeah. had a matinee, you can go, they, they would go, hey, you want to go see Cats? Just like, pop yeah, in. Cats yeah. You just pop in and they just walk you through. So I saw that production, which was fascinating. I love that stage. The New London Theater, which is now the Gillian Lynn Theater. It's a great, great stage. Yeah. Uh, so you've seen it in different languages too. So I, I want to go back to, yeah. it's Japanese, right? They do it in Japanese. I saw, uh, Japanese and, um, which I knew a bit of Japanese, but I didn't get my, I, I didn't really, uh, that was, m m again, that was much more, 
I was 16, 17 at that point. And, yeah. um, and I was just like, these cats are hot. You know, these, yeah. this is amazing. <laughs> these cats are incredible. And then I was 19, 20 when I saw it in Korea. And I, that was the first time when I saw it in Seoul, Korea, it was a local production. It was in, in Korean. And I couldn't understand anything. I didn't know much Korean at all. I knew a bit of Japanese, but I didn't know much Korean. It was the first time, like I thought, uh, um, I, saw, I really saw a musical transcend language. It was much yeah. more about the language of the cat. So I was, I was trying to figure out, again, I knew nothing of the plot, Mike. I knew nothing yeah. of the plot. I was still as confused as ever. Although I started seeing um, cats kind of paired up. And you'd see them travel across the stage together and you'd see somebody defending this cat or defending, like pushing cats away. And I was like, what, what, I, I've never noticed that before. What's, what's going on there? Um, but yeah, seeing it in different language, they had different names. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes, um, you know, in Japan and Korean, they don't have certain consonants. So they would, they would have slightly different names and, and just to make them scan within the, the meter and rhyme of the others. But Grizabella was always, you know, the one that yeah. went and old, you, you know, who old Deuteronomy was and Rum Tum Tugger. And you knew, you know, the major cats, but you, you, you didn't really, um, kind of yeah. work out who, who was doing what. It was still madness. Still madness. I think, I think there's a, a big reason why it's sustained so long and has been able to perform all over the world is because you can make those tweaks and put it yeah. in a different language. And they're so, the story's so loose. That yeah. it's fine. And, you know, I remember yeah. seeing a lot of international people in the theater with me in New York. And I was like, this is the smartest show to go see because yeah. you don't need to follow it to enjoy it. You can just watch the dancing and be happy. But I did just record with somebody. Um, and I think it's the most recent episode that has come out based on when this will release mm. with someone who did it in Mexico. And they just, oh, instead right. of when they changed the names, they, they just also just described some of the cats. So it's like, cat train instead of skimble shanks and like skimble shanks Jones is, is like is like i think it was gordito cruise or something where it's just like yeah. it's just fat cat basically gordito i love yeah. it yeah um and so they changed some of them where they just almost described it i was like yeah. hey you could do that because it's mr mistopheles and tom ballerina like the names are ridiculous to begin yeah. with yeah so it's easy to make those tweaks and still have the same level of entertainment of the show you're not ruining yeah. the core of this like yeah. family drama tribe and redemption story that you get yeah yeah i think it's interesting uh, the, the point you're making there is like having i i've i've lived in london now for 30 years or the mm -hmm. uk for 30 years and and that's kind of really i guess my cultural sensibilities now are are very english and when you go back and listen to it like mungo jerry and rumple teaser sound like the cat's personalities bustopher yeah. jones is a very posh name like yeah. it's it like you can imagine somebody that comes from an a, like a massive 300 acre estate naming their child Bustopher, you know yeah. um and so you you get that or, or um uh growl growl tiger is a you you get it says it kind of feels and that's mm -hmm. that's T.S. Eliot's genius as well i mean yeah. amazing so so you, you get that but i i did have one thing one thought just come to me when i was talking about the korean um production that I saw done in Korean, it was, there was a very famous, at least I'm not going to, unfortunately, I apologize if, if that person's listening, I can, I'm not going to remember her name. She was a local um, artist, um, actor, and I think she was a, like a, a famous television actor doing this. She was incredible, but she was the most 
glamorous Grizabella I have ever seen. She you could see she was like, there's not, not no rough way. and tumble at all. I'm yeah. not rough and tumbling. She was so beautiful. Like it was ridiculous. <laughs> I that is so it's fun. It's fun to hear that because there are those nuances. There's a lot of young Grizabellas now, which I'm like, mm. a 23-year-old, as mm. great of an actress you can be, is still yeah. gonna be hard to be like, it's time. Like you've lived a <laughs> worn life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I, I think it's cool because they, they don't generally have to stunt cast this, but they can for yeah. a Grisabella or a, especially dancers, Mesopheles that you can, yeah, you yeah, can do yeah. that. So that was the last time, <laughs> when was the last time you saw it? Well, okay. So I, I have seen like since, since, you know, I watched, of course I watched the 1998 movie. That was yeah. the first, that was, I have a really interesting kind of take on that, but I did see the 2019 film. But you haven't seen a stage version in a while. I, I haven't seen a stage version for okay. a long time. Now, okay. okay. And this is terrible. Like I'm I'm gonna be I'm being a bit of a snob here. And I'm gonna call myself out because sometimes you have to call yourself out. Yeah. I didn't see Nicole Scherzinger do it. I didn't see that. And I I should have. Um yeah. that was when we were doing the curtain call book and all that kind of stuff. We'll talk about it later, but um it was just we were I was so, so busy and I and then I just went, Oh, you know what? Okay, I've missed that. Maybe I'll see it soon. I would love to see it again. I would love to, uh, I don't think my wife has ever seen it on stage. Um, so we'll, I cannot okay. wait to take her and just, I can't wait to watch her watching it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The so I, have, I haven't seen is, it for a while. Okay. So the reason I asked is because sure. you then start listening to my show in yes. 2019, 2020. Yeah. I clearly in the beginning don't know anything, but it's been years since you're watching it. So I'm a little fascinated, like what, what were the, as you listened to episodes, were like, whoa, I never knew that. I would have never thought that. Like, what were some of those aha moments for you about cats? Okay. Like, the the biggest thing for me um, is, the biggest thing for me was the the interrelationships and the relationships mm -hmm. of, um, this is brothers, sister, sister, and brother, or these guys are sisters, or these two are sisters. Um, this is, is Jenny Any Dots the mother of all these, and you go, what you know yeah. or did did old deuteronomy and grisabella have a relationship you know you're like well i i never thought of these relationships and mm -hmm. it's interesting to hear some of the guests go oh we don't tell him that it's not kind of specific yeah. this is what we're playing and you go oh my look my, my mind is consistently blown you know yeah. constantly blown by your guests going oh yeah i decided to say oh i think um you know, Mungo Jerry and had a little crush on Victoria. You're like, wow, what? You know, it's yeah. just crazy. It's fascinating to me because you, you listen to it a different way than even I do. Like, I, you know, from mm. my own show, I'm listening to it going, Ooh, wait, if that is true, then this could be true. And I'm like trying to put together the family tree and I, yeah. I hear you listen to it. And it's like, as an actor and a performer, you're like, wow, this is a really interesting behind the scenes take of how someone is honing their craft. And so it's like Absolutely. multiple people are listening to this differently. And yeah. I think that's what a cool part about this show is being able to collect the, and document that history, but also be able to give different pieces of it. Like there are the super fans who are adamant that this is the relationship here. And then a performer is like, that's not how we played it. But then yeah. a, there's also this like, I'm about to go do cats, go listen and figure out how someone else tackled it. A hundred percent. And I said this on, on, on our episode on, on my podcast, like I find what I find about uh, the wrong cat died podcast. So interesting is that exactly that Mike is that 
Um, I listen to it as a performer who is going, what is your process? And what mm-hmm. did you find to mine a certain moment? Because there are moments that um, you see or, or that, that I remember now. It's something, go, oh, I remember that look. Or the, uh, the cats being really nasty to each other in the corner over here going, why did they do that? Why, why did they hiss when that person came? Or person, again, I'm anthropomorphizing cats. Um, why did that cat not want that? that character to come over or, or and it's you know I, I never understood the the grizabella moment where where they were just so horrible to her it's like cats mm-hmm. actually i know cats i'm I'm not a cat person uh, you know in life i'm a yeah. dog person and i <laughs> i you know I, I um i mean cats have robbed you blind if they had hands man they would yeah. they would take everything <laughs> yeah but, for um, sure so but for me going back sorry i'm just all over the place what i found um and what I find interesting and, and, um, is that there's not one moment from any, any of your guests who are on stage going, what am I doing here? And yeah. I, as an actor, that is one of the most crucial things. Uh, I can't, I, I listened to a story. It's probably Ian McKellen, who was the last person I saw perform a th- something from Cats Live. And I'll tell you about it in a second. But he was talking about, uh, there was a soldier on a Shakespeare, Royal Shakespeare Company um, play, and they were they were doing Henry V or something. It was the it was the you know before the Once More to the Breach, and there's a soldier the night before when Henry's telling jokes and things, and he's sitting on the side of the stage, and they, and he said you know went up to him and said so, so what are you doing? He's like oh I'm just kind of not not much right at the moment. I don't think this person's doing much. He's like no, he's thinking about every meal he's had with his mother because it could be, and and he just had this whole thing. And I was like, yeah, yes. Yeah. So when I hear your guests talk about their, their journey in the show on cats, it, 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 that's why I love each episode. I'm going, oh, I remember that little moment or that, you know, that Grisabella not, not wanting to get up on the, the tire, you know, what is it? Or yeah. people push it. It's just, yeah, I love it. And for me, it's it's different almost every time. I can talk to two different Grizabellas and get two semi-different answers at times. Or yeah. it's like, I love asking, there's no answer to where does Grizabella go when she leaves the tribe, right? Yeah. There's no real answer to that. Some people have full on, I've thought this through word for word of where they went. And other people are yeah. like, nah, I didn't really need that to go do my next part of the show. And that is interesting, but. I want to hear, I know which episodes like stand out for you. Cause like it's, I got 150 of them now. I, I know. So, so I, my favorite ones were, um, uh, we were just talking about, uh, soul and you had an, uh, an, an episode with, um, I think a guy called Benjamin and he was, it wasn't so long ago, say a couple years ago, this episode and, and it was yeah. about their lock lockdown journey. And it was f- it was fascinating because he was in Australia, wasn't he? He was doing the um, yeah, Australian Yeah, Ben Colley, Benjamin Colley. That's the guy. And he got asked to go to to Korea to do it. And he's like, oh, they're, they're doing it. And, and it was the, the, he talks about going to Seoul. And because they had to quarantine, he was locked up for two weeks. And, and he said it was the, the only view he had was the outside of his window. And that absolutely resonated with me because I, yeah. I was filming Jack Ryan. Or no, I was filming Das Boat or something like that during during that, but where I had to go in quarantine in Prague and there was me and one other guy in a hotel God. with 200 rooms. And I thought I was going insane. It was like the shining. They turned all the lights yeah. off in the hotel. 
except when we left, the lights would come on and we'd go to breakfast and they'd make us breakfast for, for whatever. So, and it was his then going into the rehearsal room and, and mm-hmm. having to be next to people and going crawling all over people. I, I got, I know it's, it's, it sounds pat and everything else, but I got chill bumps and like really got emotional listening to that episode because as I rem- it took me straight back to that moment of going, that human need of connection. Yeah. Of, and then get, when I got out of that hotel and got on a plane to Malta and was met by some of the cast members I'd worked with the previous year, I was like, I was like in floods of tears yeah. going. And so that, 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 that episode brought me back. Um, did I love you, your parody you song. Listen oh, to, um, what well, did you listen to the one with Dory and Sammy? So Dory Berenstein, who's the other, I've listened to all of them. Yeah. 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 Sammy, oh, and cause she, yes, her, her she's directing, worked on, that's right. Um, they made a movie about it. Yes. It they made the movie. Really, really interesting to watch that. Yes. Cause like, what Benjamin was able to tell, I get yeah. to watch in yes, uh, exactly. Sammy's and Dory's movie. The show and must go Sammy's, on that thing. And Sammy's incredible. She's doing How to Dance in Ohio and um, they're fascinating. But that movie was really interesting because it was that and Phantom kind of going That's on at right. the same time. Really beautiful. I mean, just incredible and, movie. And listen, say what you want about Andrew Lloyd Webber. Like he busted his ass to make sure the theater industry did not implode yeah. over, not just over here in London or in the, in the state, but in, you know, by putting on Phantom in the Far East, by putting on uh, Cats and Soul, he was like, guys, we can do this. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can do this. I loved your parody song about yeah. exactly that, about coming back. I was like, oh, you got your own parody song, beautifully sung. Um, there's one of my, the, I've got two more. Okay. Uh, uh, this, um, and it's somebody who, now, I may have got this wrong because it's about, but I, I remember it's Emma Camarez or something like that. She didn't get into cats. And yeah. her audition story is one of the best stories about just going balls out. And, you know, and she she wore her um her her white unitard and the tiger the tiger onesie and, went and all in. All in. And you know, spoiler alert, didn't get it. Yeah. And um, but what she was was true to herself. Now, again, I, I really connect with the guests because of their journeys and she i i only play certain degrees of me mike i'm not that yeah you know, when casting directors cast me they know they get a certain oh we need it we need john schwab for this you know we need yep. a guy that can do and so I, I that's what i go in with you know it's when i try and be somebody else that i stick out like a sore thumb sore thumb and i'm not believable and I, that's cool i when she was saying she was stretching backstage before going on and she was crying real tears I literally, again, I get like chill bumps. I've literally get emotional talking about it because I've been there, man. Yeah. I've been there going, I, I was me and I did everything. Um, she's, and, she's such an interesting part of what we talked about on, on your show, which yeah. is a lot of my guests are kind of sent to me by some other people. Like, Hey, I talked to, you know, I talked to this person, then they said, talk to this person. And so she was really good friends with a lot of the cast from 2016 and couple of people like Colin Cunliffe, who's about to be in um, Cabaret, and it was right. Skimble Shanks. And they were like, you got to talk to her. Her story's wild. And she came on with the best humor of it. She was on a TV show at the time, too. She was so fun about it. She like, she, you know, she processed, she went through the emotional grief of not getting yeah. it, probably. And then yeah. was able to look back in humor. And I love those conversations because it's a different angle of the show where it's like somebody else who still like wanted it, wanted to be Victoria. Yeah, didn't get it, but here's how they went about it, and yeah, so it's, yeah. it's fun to hear that those those are fun. 
it is it, it it's it's almost like the story her story is fascinating you have to listen to the episode because you can hear the whispers in the wings right yeah she she, she um she, she has people texting her going have you heard from other shows because news travels fast in our business man I, yeah look i was on stage once in a really bad musical called um uh called the concert they never gave right and it was a concert it was a it was a thing it was uh elvis roy orbison buddy holly and eddie cochran right and so okay. we had all three the, the and, and so we our elvis decided to get drunk like we were up in aberdeen scotland and i know this is off topic but this is hilarious um he decides to to kind of have his in the before the show he's got some jack daniels and he offers me and my mate uh bob and they're like no no man we're, we're good we gotta go yeah. and dance we gotta go dance and sing and and everything else um we hear him do his first song uh all shook up and he can't really sing <laughs> and he can't remember the words and bob and i look at each other and he's like oh my god we're in trouble we're in trouble here um and by and and listen man audiences in in england scott's Audiences in Scotland love their music. We get to American Trilogy and they've had enough and they start yeah. slow clapping. Off, 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 oh, off. Right. And we're trying to <laughs> sing BVs. Oh, I wish it was. You know, we're going, ooh, looking at each other. Yeah. Look, what's going on? And by the time the show ends, 15 minutes after that, and they do it, he's not, he doesn't come back for the encore, which is our biggest cheer of the night from the audience. And, um, and by the time we come off stage, we have a hundred messages on our phones and they're going, what the hell has happened up in his majesty's theater, Aberdeen? Yeah. Uh, we hear that Clayton went, you know, it just, and it just, and by, by the, 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 the headlines of the local papers, the next day, Aberdeen Angus said, boo suede shoes. And oh. I know. Clever. I know. It's clever. Clever, very clever. But and so I had to go on as Elvis for the rest of the week and it was this thing. But um what I what I want the long the long story of a, a short point is that the the it's the story off the stage. Like everybody knew Emma's story that she wasn't able to say before she before it even happened. And it was kind of that your heart hurts for her in this, but also you know, it's a, it ends up happy. It's a happy story. Yeah. She goes on and gets a great role in another massive musical and created a role. Yeah, yeah. For, I mean, exactly. Um, it's it, to me, it's fun to hear different versions and parts of this because you know, at, at some point, there's only so much to say about Grisabella Bombay Arena, right? Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. Everyone has a different process of how they created it, a slightly different backstory, the nuances of tours and regional productions and all this other stuff where stuff doesn't go right every night. Like it is live and, or a version like that where mm. she's not there or the DJ John Michael who is works at Peloton and you know, yes. like loves that's a great like episode, that. Like, man. Stuff like that just, I think yeah. is really fun. Cause it's, it's touched a lot of people in different ways and it's fun to hear yeah. those different stories. Yeah. My, la okay. my last one, I'll give last, you, I'll give you one, one last one and it's very quick and it, it is, the, the episode, and I, I think I mentioned we talked a little bit before, and I can't remember her name, but it's, uh, the, the, she was cast as Grisabella, and she got, she got a fear of heights, and she'd never had a fear of heights before. She's been up and down ladders, but um, she just couldn't make that, that journey from the rafters down. And, and um, 
And it was how the company rallied around her. Again, as a performer, as a, somebody who loves to be part of a company, that just made me so happy. Like, the, and they just found a role for her, and they they it was they just kind of came around and 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 ALW and his company um, found her different roles in different music because they felt so bad. Yeah, uh, but it was wonderful. It's a great episode again. Yeah, uh, I think that was uh, Catherine Heaton. I think that's who that was. Who did okay. Phantom and did all kinds yes, of stuff. Yes, exactly. She went and super, did Phantom. Yeah, yeah. Super awesome. Loved yeah, it. It's a great, yeah, great again, episode. Well, such, such weird, not weird, but like unique stories of the show. Yeah. And then I, I love that she was able to still find a way to do it because that's, yeah, it was still a, that's a, the best. of a happy ending. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back for more of The Wrong Cat Died. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I, I want to talk a little bit about your show because sure, this another theater show. This is a theater podcast, so we have a lot of you know crossover type of listeners. But yeah, you've been doing it for a while now, and it you know you've you've had an evolution of it. So you know we yeah. were talking before about how some of it was listening backstage and all mm. these different pieces to what it is with interviews and what it is today. So tell like my listeners a little bit about what your show's about, how it's evolved, and what to expect. Yeah, sure thing. Um, so curtain call podcast started out, uh, almost by accident. It's kind of this, the same, almost, uh, uh, where lightning struck. I, I basically, uh, was going through some old photographs and, um, I was in the Renew Shakespeare company here in London for mm -hmm. a long time on and off for, I think, oh my God, 11 years, but it's, you, you, I was never in that show for that long, but you dip back in and out and they bring you back in. But a friend of mine, photographer, had come back and taken some backstage photographs. And um, when we were um, thinking about moving house and stuff like that, we were going through some stuff. And my son said, oh, what's that? And I went, oh, that was me backstage. And that's you. You're there. Yeah. That's a picture of you backstage. And he went, oh, do you have any more pictures? And I went, no, I, d I don't have any more pictures. Why don't I have any more pictures like this backstage? And why is not that? Yeah. I just that I've got to do I've I, I want to do a book. I want to do a book where we show a uh, go over a year backstage in london theater from my point of view like what it looks mm -hmm. like standing in the wings and and um so i went out to a photographer friend of mine who i met at the old vic i was on stage and he was backstage he was a flyman and he was already taking the most incredible photographs of people coming off stage you know he's got a, a picture of rebecca hall covered in blood you know um it just it, I, there was no one i could go to uh, other than him and we started this book uh, we were going to make this book, and we thought if they have 12, 12 shows that say yes, we'll we'll do that. So we started with Urine Town, did thirty nine mm -hmm. steps, quickly started kind of doing some of the musicals, and you know Charlie and the Chocolate Factory said you'll never do, you know, we'll never let you Matilda, you'll never get backstage doing yeah. this, and 
and um it, we got a lot of no's and we're like fine like it's okay it's yeah, okay fine yeah. um and fine and but as a result because we we knew it was just gonna be a picture book we had to have some copy to go with it so it's like what i'll do is i'll record all of the creatives and cast while the show's going on or before and so we have an archive of audio to then i'll just transcribe um and so we went to, like you just said, you know, 60 shows I went to, 64 shows I think we did that year, which we went to twice, once to watch and once to cover. Wow. So I spent 130 or, you know, 100, yeah, basically 130 nights at the theater um, that year. And we, I mean, listen, I talked to everybody, you know, yeah. um, everybody, Imelda Staunton and, and, and Michael C. Hall and, and, you know, just the people that I've, I've loved um olivia cole you know just it's just like yes these are my heroes and i get to talk to them about being an actor backstage and it was oftentimes during the show so you'd hear the tannoy going and the show would be on and i'd be talking to them for five i only did like five minute interviews uh, unless it was uh, we did it during the half and i do a slightly longer one mm -hmm. and then w the book was published and we went we've got all this audio why are we sitting on it? Let's put to, let's put some shows together. And that's what started it. So I would put together compilations. I always ask the people the same question. So I would, you'd have these wonderful shows of, of people and you hear the show going, it felt like you were backstage during the show. And then, so we just kind of continued that. And, um, and, and again, we thought we would do it for, I don't know, a few dozen episodes. And now we're on a hundred episode, 180. Yeah. Within that, we've also, We've also done specific shows like Welcome to the Rock, which was a, um, a Come From Away uh, podcast series. We've done Take You Bow during COVID. So people who didn't normally get a spotlight shot on them, um, you know, dressers and, and, and actors who wanted a bit of a, a buzz. We, we also did the Ghost Shows, which was one of my favorite um, uh, series we'd ever done here. And that was when all the shows that closed down when mm. everything got cut off. And so yeah. all these people who were just about to go and do this, they spent, you know, it, it was then their first West End debut or this, their first opera show. And, 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 and to be then told, no, you not only are you not going to do the show, you can't travel. Yeah. You know, you've got to stay where you are for the next three months. And it was, you know, so anyway, that that's kind of where we are. And it's just, I continue to do that. And I, you know, coming, wanting to talk to you. I just love people who are involved in this industry, whether they're run a podcast or they're a director. You know, I've mm -hmm. got to talk to the people I've talked to are from directors, producers, all the way down to dressers. And the spot, the, the person who's worked the longest at the English National Opera is a spotlight operator and he's got his own episode, you know, and yeah. I think that's really, really interesting to me at least. And I, you know, we could, we, and we we have a good audience, so um, I appreciate. Thank you to everybody who listens. <laughs> yeah, I think what I love about your show is there's. Well, I love the fact that it is recorded backstage, especially in the earlier episodes. You can hear mm. it. And that's like such a unique piece to it versus the like. What do you remember sitting in your apartment or like as we meet up about this and we're looking yeah. back versus in it and like truly immersed in it? I think you get a different set of answers than if you would go back a year later or six months later or even on an off day yeah. versus like they just came off stage. So yeah. I love that. And then I, I do think there's a lot and there's not a ton of shows that fully immerse into it, but there's a lot of people that are fascinated by behind the scenes. Like what mm. actually does it take to put a show on? Yeah. And it's not just the, 
you know, you hear the controversies or the stuff that pops up in the news. Like I, I thought about like here lies love where they had the whole union yeah. issue with the, with the musicians, with the like, musicians. Yeah. Yeah. I always knew there was a lot of musicians on the show and, you know, but you don't see them, you know, they get their, yep. they get their little bow at the end. They get the, the yep. clap at the end, but I've now gotten to experience some of that and it's fascinating and you shine a light on those stories. And then I also love that you have talked a little bit sometimes in our meetings about how your, your show does really well at universities because yeah. you can shine a, you know, you can give a different format to still complement a study of Shakespeare or something that's a little bit more, you know, of a traditional, mm. probably something that a college kid or a high school kid doesn't want to be reading. So yeah. you bring another angle to it yes. that's a little bit more entertaining than reading the text. Absolutely. So when with we do a bridge too far, which is uh, this crazy, like you say, that that came into the Broadway Podcast Network last November. And we just do, I got a fantastic writer who is, uh, uh, writes for the BBC, writes for a lot of comedians. And we just take texts that we were forced to read, like the Scarlet Letter, yeah. you know, which is literally the ultimate slut shaming classic piece of literature. I mean, it is ridiculous that they force us to read this, where people just, these Puritans who are meant to be wonderful people um, and, and God-fearing, but also forgiving, not very much. Yeah. Um, we just take these, these long texts and we make them less than 20 minutes long, 22 minutes and 37 seconds, I think we call it. But, uh, and, and, and they are, schools have now started to, to go, hey, listen, my 15-year-old would not read War of the Worlds, yeah. uh, but he's listened to your podcast. So, yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of a that, that's also fun, Mike. It really is, man. It's good fun. Yeah, I, I love the. You know, this is podcast is still such a unique form that yeah. I, I would still argue is in its infancy. Like it's I still kind of really starting to figure out. But there have been some really cool, fun uh, platforms that have popped up out of this that I don't think I would have expected and might not have worked in another medium. Like mm. I'm not sure my show works unless I either fine tune it into a stand up, you know, or yeah. like, like, I'm not sure it's a video. Like, I'm not sure people want to watch us do the interview, <laughs> but it works in this format. Cause it is an interesting thing you can do. I think you said one time you were like cutting the grass or I'm on the yeah. subway yeah. or, yeah. you know, like it's just kind of good, uh, a way to, to have, like, I listen to podcasts a lot when I travel for work on planes and, yeah. um, and that always doesn't work in other places. So I do think the, the format's growing. It's going to mm -hmm. be an interesting time with it, but it's yep. cool to what it can do because it can do educational, purely entertainment or like curated. I know the, our network has a ton of these new like radio plays and, and yep. like full on stories being told. And yep. those are also super fun in a different format. But I uh, love the fact that we're going back to that. That, that was our entertainment in the twenties and thirties. Yeah. And yeah. as people look, I believe that we're slowly regressing back into our caves like you could yeah. literally live your life with never getting out of your cave so we're the audio format is great and listen go and listen to there are some great podcasts rob lowe's um literally and and smart lesson you have a lot of yeah. uh mark Marin and, and armchair experts you know where the where their celebrities have their celebrity podcasts what i love about podcasts like the wrong cat died is you don't know the people coming on it I want yeah. real people. I want to listen to real people. I don't want to listen to the rarefied air in the studio. Yeah. You know, but I, I honestly want the, the grit and grime and go, what are the real people doing? And that's why I, I believe it's in its infancy. And I think some, some of these podcasts stick out or the real thing. 
Yeah. I love it. Um, all right. This has been fun. I want to do the rapid fire. We got to go back to cats. Now. Okay. Okay. So Ooh. if you could perform in cats, yes. who would you want to perform as? Um, that's a really good question. Um, okay. So I have been, I didn't even think of it. Yeah. I've been playing a lot of bad guys, like really not nice people. And yeah. recently in, in some of the shows I've been doing just is all, and, and cause they're always quite fun to play. So I'm thinking maybe McCavity, like, or, you know, somebody who's just stirring it up and being the kind of the arsehole in it all, you know? Yeah. Um, so McCavity, who's, he like steers it and he's never there. He's like, he can do yeah. things. And he's like, Hey, he's the guy that kind of goes, Hey man, your wife was looking at this guy. And then walks away, you know, yeah. and so I they're always it. fun fits. to play. You You've know? got the yeah. experience, you're ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, maybe it's in the, maybe it's in your future. Yeah. I've got to get some stretching going yeah. on. <laughs> uh, if you don't want to do that, then do Gus. Then you can just kind of. Yeah. See, oh yeah. So can I go back to Gus quickly? I saw Ian McKellen's one man show that he toured around. He's, he has toured and played in every theater he's ever played in. Uh, the UK for his 75th birthday. I think he did that. So wow. he went around and, and did one night only. It was called for one night, email Helen for one night only. And the last piece of um, Cats I've heard saying he did Gus because he played Gus in the movie, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and it was phenomenal. It was it was so one good. of the parts of that movie I liked. It I was the, he did a great job in that movie. Agree. But imagine him singing it without any cat makeup, yeah, just, without anything, and just him just full. going, this is a story. And it was, it was just, yeah, amazing. That is So awesome. yeah, it would, be, it would be Gus, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Who are your favorite and least favorite characters in the show? I, I think I love Rum Tum Tucker. I mean, it's, it's mm -hmm. going to be a... It's going to be like what, a, a, an obvious choice only because he's so much, he's just so much fun. It's like, he literally is like a ball of energy. And every time I've seen it on stage, you knew Rum Tum Tugger just because of the song and everything. Yeah. And, and he, he's just, he's just in people's face and, lo and, and loving it. I love that. Um, uh, I think I was, the teenage, Arena as well. I was uh, say, the teenage you like the McCavity song. I love the McCavity. It just, you know, because he's also being talked about, he's being sung about, Yeah, you know? So it's like, he's got his own, all the cats have their own theme music. They do have themes, but that he, these, some cats that aren't singing about themselves, you know, they, they have, they're being, mm -hmm. Hey, check me out. I've got my own theme tune. Yeah, absolutely. Loved. I love the McCavity song. Um, and my dislikes, favorite, yeah. I think again, it's quite, it's quite, it's so obvious, but I never like Bustopher Jones. Yeah. I never like, I'm, I, I don't like the air of, of entitlement. It yeah. really is a horrible stench. And it's, if it played right, you can go immediately when the cat walks in like big, like just, I am so the thing, you know? And it's, um, I think, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the, in the movie, the new movie, he's. He's part of the, is he part of the gang? He's, 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 he's played by, um, James Corden. James there Corden. Was, there was some like, decisions my, made on that character, my, uh, in the new movie. We could talk yeah, about that off air that's as a well. Separate, that's a whole separate conversation. Separate, but um, I just did, I didn't yeah, like it, but I, yeah. I, it's a common answer because, and he's also cut from the Royal Caribbean cruise right. production. It's also right. the Gus. So Gus, the same actor plays right. An, okay. Usually an ensemble dancer, then Buster Jones and Gus. Yeah. So there's okay, a little yeah. bit of the, you know, you can 
it makes you, sense if to you even can give dislike him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, favorite song from the show? Oh, that is a that's a t- okay. It, it gets it goes. I love Gus's song. I love yeah. Gus's song um, because it, and and I love the. It's okay. I love Gus's song because it tells his his story about how proud he was. Mm-hmm. And like, that makes me, you know, that is, that is me. Like, you know, my wife and I were just talking about this the other day. And she said, you know, you used to have a real thing about legacy. When you first started out, you were so worried about doing something that people would remember you for, or that you'd have your name somewhere that people could, this is pre IMDB. You and I started yeah. pre Broadway world, you know? So it was like, I just want people to remember. And for Gus to talk about his you know, fry fro fiddle, you know, and you know, it just, and being so proud of it. Um, as an actor, I, that's such a song for you too. Cause like it's, that is, oh, it's all about May, maybe one day putting it out actor. there. I can yeah. do maybe one day when I'm 70, I can go play Gus. Well, when we do our, uh, our production where we have a different category. Oh night, yeah. Yeah. You'll get your jellical chance. Yeah. I can get my, I mean, but also as a piece of music, like, cause I'm also a musician and behind me, you see, mm-hmm. I, you not see this, but I, yeah, yeah. I think the jellical ball is like, as a piece of music is something phenomenal with with all of the things in it it just it's it's crazy mad so i mean that and the as much as he can too, write you know, the overture he yeah. can look alw can absolutely write a tune he's brilliant uh you you know um you come out now i'll be controversial i did not like cinderella and i had a friend in it georgia i sorry i love you but um it just i didn't come out humming anything but you know Sunset Boulevard, you were humming, you know, da, da, yeah. da, 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 you know, come out of cats, you're, 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 even if it's just the opening to the drop of, da, 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 yeah. da, you, you hear that, that is just a lovely thing that you're going to hum all the way home. So yeah, the, the Jellicle Ball, the overture, just, um, naming of the cats always freak me out. Yeah. Always freaks me out. That and the end, the addressing of cats are the two. The addressing like, of cats, the I'm same. Like, I'm like yeah, the end, just yeah. send it. That's with the, I remember seeing this. That was I. Re- if you would have taken a picture of me actually watching that as a kid, I'd be like that because I yeah. didn't know what these guys were going to do. So, yeah. Anyway, um, okay. One f- well, my last fun one before we get to the important one. Sure. I know you've been uh, one of your your credits is you were in the Queen's Gambit. Yeah. And so I want to ask, which cat do you think would be the best chess oh. master? Oh. oh. Oh, that is such a good question, Mike. You're really good at this. Um, okay. If, if I, I would think old Deuteronomy because he has powers, he could kind of work out, he could see all the different machinations of the person. He would be, I'm pretty sure old Deuteronomy plays chess. I'm pretty sure he does. Yeah. However, the fact that you mentioned Queen's Gambit, I think. Victoria is one of the most, as if coming of age, as somebody who doesn't believe in her, you know, it, like she's got something the world wants. In fact, she, yeah. oh my gosh, just thinking about this, the last scene in Queen's Gambit, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is dressed all in white as the white queen. Like that could be Victoria, you know? Why I not? love the parallel. And so I yeah. think there's a different answer to this question. Which okay. I like the the Victoria uh, Queen's Gambit kind of like that is a that's a fun parallel. Yeah, I think there's the twins, which is this ah. is where as I don't as I didn't know this until probably twenty episodes in. Okay, but the twins have this like they're the ones that 
before something happens, they turn. So I think they have this power that they're going to know your moves before you do. So uh, it's uh, Tantamount Corcopat. Right. I think, th- I think they're the ones. They're probably hustling everybody in Washington Square Park just because they know that. everything you're doing next before you do. I love that. That's very good. I, the twins, one gets in, one gets that's very good. They're ready I'm to like, go. This is why, that's why you're hosting this podcast. Yeah. This is why we're 150 <laughs> plus episodes in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Most important question. You know, it's coming. Yeah. I've argued. I know. At length against Grizabella. Are you going to defend her or are you going to pick somebody else? I, I am not going to defend Grizabella because I don't All know right. if it is Grizabella. Okay. I, and my, my two, and, and. And it's recent. You've recently argued um, this in one of your podcasts, and I have a, I have two issues. I would love it to be Gus. Like he is my favorite cat in the thing. I just love Gus. I think I would love to see Gus, and and where they go once they're taking the heavy side, heavy side layer. How many lies has he had? I'm not sure. Can he come back and be and have another crack at this acting game, which he so loves? Right. I love that idea that Gus. It could be Gus. Um, I, we don't really know what Grisabella does to piss everybody off so bad. Like, she could be horrible and p- she may, mm-hmm. you know, we, we really don't know. My thing is, I don't understand why old Deuteronomy holds all the cards. It really, yeah. I kind of, now that I've listened to your podcast enough, and now where I've gone back and I actually watched a few clips um, uh, from the movie what you don't get though when you're watching the movie on on um, the 1998 movie is you only get to see what the director wants you to see and you yeah. don't get to see the, all the things that are happening around but old Deuteronomy, why is he why does he why does he get to and why isn't it him why does it wh- can it not be old deuteronomy mike it's a good question. I think eventually it has to be him, right? Like that's, it has to be him. Otherwise, you're not grooming Monkish Trap for nothing. But exactly. We only get one, we only get one night. We only get one piece of this puzzle. So yeah, he is the. I think he's number three in votes right now. Oh, behind Grizabella and Gus. Yeah, well, Gus is my Gus is my number one. I just yeah. for me, I've kind of old Deuteronomy. Everybody goes like, oh, he's so great. And what it alludes to me is like, it's somebody who is given power. Who has got, who now he, he is, has the power and goes, I don't care what you all think kind of thing. Yeah. I, it's not because uh, I can say, I can be whoever I want. And like, and you, and you just point, cause it also goes to me like, why hasn't it been Grizabella yet? Like if, if she was ready and no one likes her, he's actually a little bit of a sadist by not letting her go before. Yeah. I do feel like this is a cult at the end of the day. And it has oh, very d- much like. If you get into some of the, I mean, there's a lot of documentaries now. There's popping mm. up left and right on streaming, right. streaming sites like Netflix. And if you watch some of them, I'm like, this, this could be the Jellicles. <laughs> like you got yeah. a leader who's sacrificing somebody, like yeah. convincing them to do this. Like you got all these different personalities that all kind of buy into the same ritual. Yeah. It's there. That angle is there. Yeah, and it's it's who's following who. They're, they're, uh, oh, oh my gosh, I, I'm forgetting the name now. Who is it that when they dance, they, they everyone sways with them as well. Um, hmm. In the there's a there's a part. Gosh, there's a part in the in the movie where everybody does the same dances. Um, uh, oh, I don't know if it, I don't oh, know. I'm forgetting. I'm anyway, I, I, I don't think it's Monk's Trap, but it, it, he's um, it's it's not. It's uh, anyway. 
there's a moment okay. in, in, uh, where they're all, there's somebody on the platform in the junkyard and there he's almost controlling their movements. Anyway, that, oh, that's, I need to go yeah. see it live again. I need to go yeah, see it live. Yeah. This is it. Exactly. This is me saying I need to go see it again. Well, you can hop on a cruise. I'm sure it's in, it was in uh, Europe for a while. There's yeah. versions for us. So yeah. Um, this has been so fun. How can people stay in oh, touch man. with you, social media, what you're doing, the the shows, the podcasts? I'll link everything to Absolutely. Too. Well, um, you know, if you want, personally, my socials are at John Schwab, uh, just my name on, uh, you know, there is a John Schwab out there who is a, a, a musician, but he's older and he didn't really know that John, you know, social media was a thing before. So I got all the John Schwabs. Yeah. So on, on X and Insta and everything else, threads at John Schwab. Um, the curtain call podcast, uh, at curtain call, uh, on, on all of those. And, and you can listen to curtain call podcast, a bridge too far on Broadway podcast network. I have another podcast called cinema sounds and secrets. Um, that's out. And, uh, listen, I'm, I think I'm when, when this airs, uh, I will have just been seen in masters of the air on Apple TV. Okay. So well, awesome. that's kind of the next thing that's coming out. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll link everything too. And then to the other part is this was two parts so this was part two yeah part one and is go on listen to the call. first part yeah go listen about mike's origin story is incredible people so go and listen to part one and um and mike thank you so much for having me on man i i adore your podcast i think it's brilliant and um this was there are so, so many more fun. stories to come i told you when we were setting this up that i meant i think they're gonna mention you when alw does kick the bucket <laughs> you're gonna be in his obit man <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna say the wrong the wrong uh andrew the weber died um, no, it's, I, it's been so fun. And I, I love like, you know, we've, we've talked for years now at, at these meetings yeah. and it's fun to really kind of dive deeper and I'm sure I'll see you at the next one. Uh, yeah, as we, we still, uh, check out all the Broadway podcast network shows too. Absolutely. Really great theater stuff on there. Absolutely. Well, this has been a blast. So thank you. And thanks everyone else for listening to this episode of the Ron Cat Died, the podcast breakdown, the cast catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else to listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at The Wrong Cat Died, or check out our website, TheWrongCatDied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.